Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, Paul, back at it. What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm pretty good, man. I'm just uh, waiting for this weather to warm up. We hit like 80 degrees two weeks ago, and then it dropped back down to the 40s, even the 30s. So we got, we've had one baseball practice so far, and we have our first game in three days. Yeah, we're like four games in. Our season started on one March. Oh, really? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. See, you can do that out there where the weather's a little more temperate here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a crapshoot uh, still all the way until May, even then. I think we'll hit the upper 30s tonight. Right now, it's probably 60, but it's sunny and... Yeah. So it's decent baseball weather. Not not great, but but yeah, we hit 89 the other day. It was hot. Woo. That's hot. It was hot. Yeah. I'm ready for some baseball weather. Yeah. Yeah. Florida. South Florida, man. It's always baseball weather. Yep. Mm. I could uh I could get used to that. Yep. Yeah. What? So before we jumped on here, you were you were uh telling me how you're trolling some YouTube sites. <laughs> commenting on some of those those typical financial videos right yeah you know here's what i'll say i think all of these people doing most of the people doing these shows and these guys seem like genuinely good dudes who we would probably enjoy you know having a beer with but i just cannot stand the it's just a re, you know, all these videos are just a regurgitation of the same advice over and over and over again. That's, yeah. There's nothing fresh. It's, it's, it, the common denial, max your 401k, take the match, max your IRA if you have one. Roth is great. If you have a Roth, you know, 401k, even better, do that. All of the advice involves separating ourselves from our own money. And on the surface, and I said this in my comment, hey, this seems like a great idea. I'm deferring taxes, which means I have, you know, I'm getting more money in my pocket every month because I'm reducing my taxable income. And I used to think like this. Yeah. Um, I'm doing all these things that these, you know, gurus, and this has 75,000 views in three days. I've got a ton of viewage. So there's people just eating it up and you read the comments and there's 315 comments, which is a lot. And people are just eating it up like it's the gospel. Like it's Wait. just, oh, this is the best advice ever. Oh my gosh. Um, and to me, it's just, it's not. Like how much of that can you spend right now if you had an emergency? Well, none of it, unless you go ask permission, pay a penalty and tax, and then you could have it. Yeah. How long is that going to take? If you're, and we know there's some custodians and in, in companies that don't, well, companies I should say, that don't allow you to take out you're out of your forum. Hey, while you're employed there, right? It's their choice. That's yeah. right. So anyway, and, and of course, they're not saying don't have an emergency fund. Of course, they have that. Oh, you have to have six months of your expenses. And that's it. And of course, it's never that can never be in whole life insurance. So that always has to be in a savings account or a CD or something else. Yep. Um, so anyway, it's just I think everyone wants the same thing. I just think that I think this way is old. I think it's outdated. And, and I'm, I have lived both sides of that, right? I've, I've maxed my 401k for many years. So did my wife. And now I'm on the other side of, I can, I can do better. I can control my own wealth. 
and I'm more prosperous for that. So, right. But I guess for most people that these, none of these people commenting, none of them are going to be wealthy. No. And that's our topic today, right? So. And, I, and I'm curious how many of those 75,000 views or any of that information they heard on that video, they heard for the first time. And they were like, oh, I'm not doing that. I need to do that. I'd, I'd venture to say almost none. So then it begs the question, why are people watching these videos that just regurgitate the same information they've been, they've been told for, for every, you know, for years, ever since they yep. were an adult, they were told to do this kind of stuff. Ever since they got their first job, they were told this, nothing's new. So to me, it, it just, it's like going to a video to reinforce the way you feel and seeing that a lot of other people feel the same way that makes you feel safer about the choices you're making and more confident in the choices you're making. So just right. the, the mere fact that they have to go watch that video in the first place means that they're insecure about fi what they're doing financially. That's that's just me psychoanalyzing random YouTube yeah. listeners, but it, that's the way it makes sense to me. You know, this is not any different than the advice that I got as a young lieutenant when I started with that, uh, that one company. And again, good people. And I've talked about it before, but just, you know, it was just, uh, I didn't know any better. Right. But I always had something in the back of my mind. I was like, well, when I retire from the army, if I'm 42 years old after 20 years, like I've got all this money in there and I can't touch it, like I definitely have to work still. Oh, yeah. Right, right. away. Yep. You better have a job before you transition. That's right. That's, that's right. And everyone, that's one of the questions. When you work in the National Capital Region, everyone asks, so you staying in the area? You going to get a job here after retirement? I'm like, dude, I can't you gonna wait to leave. You going to get a, a job, a, a state department job, or are you going to... You know, go get go, hired by the government. You're going to be a GS-13. And that's all fine. We need people to do those things, right? The the federal government's the largest employer in the world. Um, and there's a lot of fine, fine people doing certain jobs. There's a lot of waste too, of course, because it's government. But they're always somewhat shocked, I think, when I say, dude, I, I don't like it here and I can't wait to leave. Yeah. They're like, yep. oh, wow. Like, yeah, not yeah, going to do something it's, else. It's, it's the safe nest. In the tree. It is. It's a nest. Like, it's yeah. the it's the trust tree. It's the trust tree. Man, speaking <laughs> of, oh, I just got really bad tinnitus in my right ear. It'll go away in a couple seconds. Uh, I get that sometimes. Yeah, turbine turbine engines. Yeah, and old age. I think that'll do it. Well, so something else you mentioned while you were uh, ranting uh, the YouTube rant is you, you talked about thought, like. I thought, or I used to think, or these people think. Um, that's one thing these the traditional view never challenges people to do is think differently. They don't challenge them to think, period, in my opinion. It's follow our generic one-size-fits-all advice. Don't think, because you'll just screw it up, and just just do what we say. You know. And frankly, what did Thomas Jefferson said? Like, only 5% of people really think Eight, 15% of people think they think, and 80% of people would rather die than think. Right. Yeah. Was that him? It, it was one of those guys. It was one of the founding fathers. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe I mean, maybe it was Ben Franklin. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like TJ, so. It wasn't a founding father necessarily, but he was a, a lot of famous quotes. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. He was there. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's not, it's always the one size fits all, right? Always. It's just like, this is the best strategy for everybody all the yeah. time. Yeah. So, well, so that whole thinking kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about, because I think 
what it comes down to is, is the way you think, right? So yep. we were talking earlier and we, we decided, you know, if you really think about it, being poor and staying poor or even middle-class requires the same effort over your lifetime as becoming wealthy. So let's dive into that because that might be shocking to some people because when you think of being poor, oh, like uh, office space, man, what would you do? What would you do with a million bucks? Nothing. He's like, I can do, you can be poor and do nothing. My brother, yeah. my cousin's broke and he don't do nothing. So you can be poor and do nothing to an extent, but you know, there's definitely some repercussions. Uh, you only get what's given to you. Um, but let's just talk about the the person who follows this traditional advice um, and maybe doesn't even follow that very well. And, and they, they really stay poor or very low middle class uh, versus somebody who grows their wealth. So you found a, a good definition of poor. So I guess we need to define this first. Yeah. We, we were talking about this before we hit record. And um, so the definition of poor, and this is a, on the Apple computer here. What is this? Is it a Webster? I don't know. Whatever it is. Doesn't matter. It's a dictionary built into the software. Anyway, it's uh, lacking sufficient money to live at a standard considered comfortable or normal in a society. Okay. So that uh, that standard is is quickly declining in our country. You know, what is comfortable Um I feel like the standard of living is certainly declining very quickly uh, based on income. So let's talk, let's, let's put that in terms of income. So people have something to, to go off yeah. of. According to a Pew Research study, this is where you fall, low income, middle income. So lower class, middle class, and upper class it, for a family of three. We're talking a household income for a family of three. Low income, or what I might call poor, is less than $52,200 a year. Middle income is between $52,000 and $156,000. That's such a big difference, too. Huge. huge. It's a huge difference. That's 3X. Like, you're living in completely different sides of town. Um, But upper income, according to the Pew Research study, is more than $156,000. So... I'd, I'd venture to say anybody who uh, you tell somebody making one hundred and sixty thousand dollars today, your upper income, hey, you're congratulations, you're in the upper class. They look behind you to to see who you're talking to, because one hundred and sixty doesn't feel like upper class. But you know, and it just did a few years ago, I think. You know, I know, it right? Just, it, it really did. Things are, uh, and you know, you're going through a home acquisition that the cost of. It seems like everything in a, in a way is uh, just especially real estate. I mean, residential real estate. If you're you know building a home or buying a nice home like you are, the prices are astronomical. And 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 the Fed policy really has done very little, at least in certain areas, to to make a you know make a dent in the damage that they did for the previous three years. So, oh no! And now they uh, you know Biden it just created more damage by now penalizing anybody with a good credit score. Yeah, you, when they go get a conventional this? mortgage, like what? Talk about wealth distribution, like not even trying to hide the wealth distribution. You did really good. You played by the rules. You followed that plan that you just watched on YouTube that says do this and this and this with your money. You get a good credit score. You start building your 401k. Now we're going to penalize you to make up for Joe Blow over here who didn't do crap. You know, 
and has a terrible credit score because he doesn't pay his debts. So we're going to we're going to penalize you and give you some of your money to him. So that's yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's a bit infuriating. Um it's uh yeah. Luckily my my lender okay. said that doesn't apply to VA loans. So Well, that's good. A VA loan is is pretty money. If you have access to that, definitely put that to work. Yep. So <clears throat> well, so let's talk back to why we think being poor or staying poor requires the same effort over your lifetime as becoming wealthy. I kind of compare it to it's it's kind of like being unhealthy. So if you ever, you know, you go to the grocery store, you go anywhere these days, you're gonna see some pretty unhealthy people. And many of them, it looks pain, it's painful to watch them walk. Like you can just tell, man, that can't feel good. The way they're walking, maybe they got a hitch in their step or they're, they're you know, it just doesn't look comfortable. So being unhealthy is very uncomfortable and it requires immense effort just to get out of a car, walk into a store, walk around to your grocery shop and go home, get in your chair, climb the stairs, whatever. That's a yep. lot of effort for somebody who's carrying around 50 or 100 pounds more than they should, you know, and then it leads to one thing after another domino effect. It's also a lot of effort to get up early in the mornings and go to the gym for 45 minutes. But in one case, you're, you're putting it, that effort, you know, you're, you're requiring that effort of yourself up front to prevent that effort being required of you, you know, when you don't have a choice. So it's a little bit of the same thing. That's, that's my analogy. If that's easier to understand for poor versus wealthy. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a lot, of, and, and there's some overlap there with uh, someone's socioeconomic status and their and their health, isn't there? Um, I think the, we didn't pull up those stats, but I'm sure you can look into it and see that, you know, generally speaking, that financially um, stable people who who are um, disciplined savers and uh, don't have a lot of waste are uh, are probably generally more more healthy statistically speaking and that's one of the things that they yep. look at during underwriting is your your financial snapshot your credit you know they pull you know some soft credit right like all right you're good you're at 795 great perfect yep. that's a good indicator for you um well and just to add on tack on to that like inflation is making that even worse because hmm. when you go to the grocery store and you look you go down like the frozen food aisle you'll see the price of a frozen pizza isn't all that much more than it used to be but the price of, you know, fresh meat, fresh produce, chicken, um, vegetables, uh, you know, organic anything, oh my gosh, it's out of reach for somebody who's low income. It just truly is. So they're kind of stuck with, with what they can afford, which is processed food, which just perpetuates that that unhealthy lifestyle. That's it, it. It yeah, it's just the way it is. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy almost. No, absolutely. And I think um, to your point about, you know, getting up early and having physical fitness, you know, I equate that to, you know, getting into good habits early in life. And I think having that military, you know, you went to the academy, Air Force Academy, I went to Norwich and, you know, getting a good base of physical, especially being a, you know, we were high school athletes and you were a college athlete, but having that that basis for physical fitness and that discipline. We were up early, you know, we were up at 5 a.m. every day doing PT, yeah. uh, you know, getting smoked, doing whatever we were doing. 
likewise, as you get older and you enter adulthood, surrounding yourself with people, and, and, and young people have so much access to information, more than we ever did. The internet was, Kyle, you know, it was a thing in the early 2000s, late 90s, but it wasn't as developed as it was now. Now, Yeah, and what did we drink before football practice? Like a Dr. Pepper and some powdered donuts on the way to practice. <laughs> like, and it was just acceptable. It's just what you did. Now, That's I, right. I, I, I don't know what I'd do if I saw my kids doing that before practice. Like, oh. you know, I, was, I watch old like Celtics videos on YouTube to show Anthony what real basketball is because obviously the NBA <laughs> is complete yeah. garbage. And uh, this is one video of Kevin McHale like before a game. He's drinking a Coca Cola Classic like before yeah. the game. Well, <laughs> dudes would smoke during halftime. No, just crazy, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, that that basis of physical fitness, and then as you enter adulthood, surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are interested in other things other than, you know, maxing the 401k. And again, if you want to do that, that's totally fine. Uh, that's not that's not our jam. We're trying to teach people here how to control their own wealth and secede from that 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 regime completely, if they so, so choose. Um, yeah. But anyway, surrounding yourself with those like-minded people who are there's a ton of people that you that will meet that are just doing interesting things, whether it's in real estate or business or some other enterprise, right? Um, but guess what? You know, three bills at at Walmart. That's you know, she's not doing that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and another difference is you're if you're poor or middle class, you're you're going to be resigned to being forced to work probably later in life. I don't know what the stats are, but there's a lot of retirees that, that had to go back to work, right? Cause they did the traditional thing. They did the, you know, the, the typical financial entertainer plan and it didn't work out quite like they said it would. No, I don't, I don't necessarily think the accumulation strategy, if people were able to accumulate, a lot of the people of our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation had had pensions, right? You know, whether it was corporate or or government or whatever, and they're still, you know, luckily they they have those things. Um, you know, but other people that are, I had a neighbor in Kentucky that had, I think he had a significant amount of money, but it, he didn't really have a solid plan for distribution or how he was going to maintain it. Because my opinion was just, if I can amass amount of money, I can put it somewhere and live off interest. If I can, right. I had no idea how to do that. I do now, but back then I had no idea how that was going to happen. I just figured, you know, magic, it would just occur. Right. But um, yeah, most people are going to run out of money and then they're going to be on that you see a lot of people, I, I see it all the time when I go visit my parents in Florida. And you got to wonder, is it by choice? Sure. Some of them by choice. They just want to be productive, whatever. They have to be careful with Social Security. Obviously, you can't have over a certain, but they just want to stay active, be out in the community. That's that's fine. But a lot of people aren't there by choice. You know, they're 70 years old. And what are they doing? They're cleaning other people's houses. Yeah. Because they have to. Well, they're not there by choice, but their choices got them there. Yeah. I guess you could say. Sure. In a sense, for sure. Yeah. And again, you can't undercut inflation. You mentioned it. It's it has yeah. really put a dent in the dollars purchasing power the last brutal. just in the last couple of years. It's been yeah. insane. I, mean, I hope that never happens when you know when, as I'm hitting that age of just pure passive income. Well, what are we in 2023? Well, give it another 13 years, it'll happen again, maybe less. Yeah, it's almost like it's a cycle. Yeah, it's almost like, this like there's just, a cycle with this happened throughout history. Um, so I, 
I feel the the effort required to learn how to become wealthy is the effort you need to put in up front, right? So you may be working your nine to five, you come home and, you know, for two hours or three hours in the evening, what does the average adult watch? Like the average person watches like four hours of TV a day or something. Those stats Gosh, are scary. Is it that much? Yeah, I think so. Those stats are scary. I'm, I'm making that up folks based on something I'm pretty sure I heard, you know, on, on the radio several months ago, but I don't think that's too far off. So no. how about instead of doing that, pick up a book, read Nelson's Becoming Your Own Banker. Um, dare say even watch some of the videos on infinite banking, but be careful which ones you watch. Um, read some books on different ways of thinking, different ways of thinking and viewing money, thinking about money and viewing it. Um, instead of watching Netflix, right? Or, or any of the other 30 streaming platforms out there. That's uh, right. And, and see where you are a year from now. You know, one year yep. goes by pretty quick. So it that's does require it extra effort. It does. No doubt. I mean, that's how, that's how I kind of started this, uh, take back control journey is, is kind of what I've, what I've called it back in 2017. You know, I read rich dad, poor dad, read a bunch, you know, some Kiyosaki read millionaire next door, which we were talking about earlier, which is a decent book. And, and then eventually you sent me Nelson's book and it's, it's not a, it's not an accident. People just don't fall into wealth generally. Right. Right. In fact, funny you say that. Uh, hey, I found that. a national study of millionaires online. This study said, okay, something like 74% of millennials think that millionaires inherited their money. And over 50% of baby boomers think millionaires inherited their money. Uh, here's the truth from the study of millionaires, the biggest study ever, I think, done of millionaires. Only 21% of millionaires received any inheritance at all, period. Just 16 inherited more than $100,000. And only 3% received an inheritance at or above $1 million. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means most millionaires, the vast majority of them, earned it on their own. It was not given to them. So they, you know, they did some things right. Maybe they listened to the right people. They... They thought a little bit differently, like the book you were just reading from um, The Millionaire Next Door earlier, and it yeah. talked about thinking. So maybe you can, I don't know if you got that quote pulled up. I do. It's in the preface, actually. And I haven't read this book, Dave, probably since 2017. So it's yeah. been about six years, but it's a good book. You know, there's there's some things we disagree with in the book, but it's generally the message is, you know, is is good, right? Um, but, but the bottom line is, you know, this guy wrote, you know, since 1980, I've consistently found that most millionaires do not have all of their wealth tied up in their stock market portfolios or or in their homes. Uh, one of the reasons that millionaires are economically successful is that they think differently. Many a millionaire has told me that true diversity has much to do with controlling one's investments. No one can control the stock market. But you can, for example, control your business, private investments, and money you lend to private parties. Ooh, it sounds like private lending. And I, I, and I underlined that then before I knew anything before about you ever even did your first private loan, right? Before I did my private loan, I was like, well, that's interesting, but that caught my eye. I underlined it in blue pen. And, uh, yeah. but it's, but it's true. It's, it's a, it's a mindset. And I, 
I see so much potential in people that I that I work with that they're you know afraid. I think there's some some fear because maxing out TSP is comfortable. Maxing out my IRA if you're you know your Roth or whatever is comfortable. Yeah. Because everyone I know is doing that. And then I put a little bit on the side for savings. I have no life insurance outside the army and great. But I'm yeah. you know, but that's but that's nothing special. Sorry, it's nothing special. Well, and, and the biggest reason they'll probably give is, well, I don't, I wouldn't know what else to do with my money if I didn't put it here. Sure. Right? Because nobody's going to come and spoon feed you and give you all these other options of how to keep money under your control because it doesn't benefit anybody else for you to keep money under your control. <laughs> you know? That's right. You only you. <laughs> you only, it only benefits you and yeah. the people you contract with for private lending. Like how many people have we benefited through private lending? So we, we do benefit other people by keeping our money under our control. Um, but I, I think that's it. So if people have fears about, well, I, I really just don't know what else I would do with my money, let's talk. Because you know, infinite banking goes far beyond just whole life insurance. It, it's a completely different way of thinking. Uh, it's the beginning, but it's not the end. Let's just say that. And, yeah. And Nelson touches upon that in Becoming Your Own Banker when he talks about his buddy who had some raw land and needed, had a cash crunch, needed to sell it. N Nelson bought that parcel for, you know, cents on the dollar and he knew yep. it was worth, you know, this is something he knew about. He knew raw land, right? So invest in what you know. And that's what Nelson taught us in that book. And that's what he did. And then he did it again a, a, a certain amount of time later. <laughs> same dude, <laughs> need yeah. more cash. And uh, same thing. And Nelson had capital that he could get at in life insurance contracts. Yeah. And I, I don't know anything about the guy that he bought that land from, but it maybe uh, that guy had a poor mindset. He was making decisions from a position of necessity because he was poor with his money. You know, he was a poor steward of it and didn't grow it to the point that he had access to capital. He could get through a rough patch. Um, he could go make money while he's sleeping. So it forced him to make decisions out of a position of necessity instead of a position of strength, which Nelson was able to do because he had access to capital. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you cannot underscore that enough, I think, is having capital allows you to make decisions from a position of strength which it if you aren't worried about losing your 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 standard of living or your your family you know putting food on the table for your family and providing for them and all that if you don't have to worry about that you won't be put into a corner to make decisions you otherwise wouldn't make just because oh, i gotta have the money i have to have that i can't lose that job i can't lose this deal uh, I can't lose that contract. Like I have to have it. So I have to make decisions I would otherwise not, not even consider. So. No, absolutely. I think yeah. that's, that's critically important. It's something you, I think you don't realize until you're doing it, until you're doing IBC, you're, I was looking at my, the amount, you know, the amount of financial value I've been able to create in just a few years by just redirecting money I already had that was going elsewhere. Now I can control that money. And that is, I, and I've said this before, but it, it has completely changed the way I think and the way I see the landscape of, of the financial world that, that, uh, that we touch. And it gives me 
I just, I just think excellent perspective, having done both both sides of the deal. I did the conventional stuff for still the majority of my adult life, right? Mm-hmm. I did the boring old stuff, and but uh, but yeah, the position of strength, man. You, I couldn't have said any better. It's it's super powerful and and uh, allows you to change not only your own life, but you can affect other people's lives with with that capital too in a positive way. Yeah, for sure. Which we've so, done. Yep. So if anybody wants to, you know, we're, we're obviously always here to talk about infinite banking because, you know, that's what we do. And like I said, that's the foundation. That's the starting point for everything else um, is understanding infinite banking, that concept and, and you know, rethinking your thinking and, and using that as your foundation. But on top of that, um, we have quite a bit of history in the, in the private lending world. So if people want to you know, have conversations about that and, and other opportunities where we put our money uh, we're always happy to share like, Hey, this is what we do. Um, it's worked for us. If anybody else wants to, to explore those options too, they're free too. So we're pretty, pretty open. I think about, uh, about that. I may not tell you yeah. how much I put where, but, uh, I'll certainly tell you where I do put my money and why I put it there. Yeah. And of course it's not to be confused with any kind of an investment advice or anything like that. It's just kind of just kind of free chicken. I hate saying that. Free chicken. <laughs> it's just some free chicken. Just Stop to, saying just it. Sh- yeah, no. Just to sh- but it's but it's sharing, right? We never. I I wouldn't know what I know now had you not shared some things. You wouldn't know what you know if someone else hadn't shared some things. So exactly. I really like paying it forward, especially for people that are looking to kind of secede from this this regime that we have. Yeah. You don't have to max out your four hundred one k and IRA to become wealthy. In fact, it's probably not going to help you become as wealthy as you otherwise could if you were seeking other opportunities that you would see if you had money you could touch. And I don't think, depends on your definition of wealthy, I don't think that's a path to wealth, period. No. We, well, we agree on that definition, don't we? I think, I tell people I measure wealth with, you know, either how much how much income do you have coming in that is uh, being created while you sleep, right? Yeah. Meaning, can you quit your W-2, 1099, whatever you're doing, whatever business, other business you're in, can you quit that and still have money coming in, like an annuitized payment that's coming in from this thing and this thing and this thing? Do you have that? That's wealthy to me. And I've yeah. got, I shared about this on Facebook. I have clients moving to Costa Rica. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? They're run their business from there. Oh, Puerto Rico or Costa Rica? Costa Rica. And what's what's the the benefit there? I don't know. It's beautiful. It's great scuba dive. I know it's a great. Oh, so scuba. it's not for like tax purposes, like like Puerto Rico is. I don't. You know, I I'd have to reach out and ask him. He'd actually be a pretty pretty awesome guest to have. Actually, uh, retired yeah. Air Force guy and uh, operator. But that's anyway, good, just that's a good start. Yeah. So, well. Yeah. Yeah. But but anyway, they're. Yeah, they were down there. I've been following their little journey, and that's awesome. Yeah, they're gonna get a property under contract down there, and they're gonna run their business from there. I think homeschool the children, or maybe the children have a school or something. Nice, but whatever. Uh, but it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, yeah, ah, I'm jealous, man. It's uh the sun's <laughs> out. I can see a little blue sky, and and the grass has started to get a little green. The trees are ready to bud as soon as we get above sixty again. I think. We've mowed our grass three times. Ah, I hate you. 
but thanks. It's super green too. I got some nice fescue down here. What do you guys have? Um, rye? <clears throat> I, I'm rye not grass a grass guy. I don't know. It's green. So I'm a big lawn guy. I'm not. I, I mean, I like a nice lawn, um, but uh, like I had a neighbor, although he took it a little too far, but uh, somebody, one of the neighbors complained about his yard and he's like, hey man, I'm raising kids, not grass. So, he also parked his minivan on his front lawn so told you uh yeah he took it a little too far but yeah i i like a nice lawn i just don't know much about it okay yeah see you know paul knows all that manly man stuff cars weapons yard work like all that stuff um i know enough to get by i'll just say that yeah i can edge and everything Oh, I can edge. I love edging. Okay. I mean, I, there you that, go. That, so that's, ma that's people manly. People who don't edge, that irritates me. I'm like, finish the job, man. Yeah, it looks like crap. It I looks like crap. Some, it really does. I, have to do some, I might actually do that after we get off this uh, this recording. Yeah. Get some edging to do. All right. Well, but anyway. I think we wrapped it up. Cool. So, yeah, that's good. Just think about, you know, the effort it requires to be, to, to stay poor or build wealth. It's really the same effort. You're just directing that effort in different ways and by choice versus by force. That's that's how I would say it. And I like Netflix. I mean, I get it free with my my uh, cell phone plan. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't oh, have sweet. it. But yeah, you are very frugal. Well, but, um, I just got I got ticked off at Netflix a couple years ago and canceled sure. them wholesale. Yeah, um, but but there are people, and I'm not disparaging this but that watch college football all day on saturday that's all they do for an entire day is watch college you ever i mean i've never i don't care i can't any of it i can't sit and watch that much football that much anything yeah yeah i watched the super bowl this year it was the only game i watched for nfl and it was great yeah because the chiefs were in it and they won they yeah the chiefs won and right. I, I got some football to watch and i got to watch it for free i streamed it somehow i guess yep. And, uh, but you, you, you know, maintain your interest, but there's, it doesn't have to be four hours every night of Netflix. There could be an hour of, of reading, you know, Nelson's 92 page book or sure. rich dad, poor dad, or some other book to get you in the right mindset. So you yeah. don't have to be an employee your whole life. Right. Want to be. Exactly. So if you need any other recommendations on books, just reach out to us. We got plenty. Yeah, I'm I'm behind too, man. I I don't have time to read right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awful. I know. Well, baseball season's about to start, and life gets busy. I don't think life ever gets not busy, but maybe one day. Well, if I didn't have to do like six hours in the city every day, it would be less busy. Or eight hours. Retire, whatever it is. Retire. I'll just be done I, with it. I. It's the paperwork is somewhere in between somebody and somebody so it's all right it, it's on the way well i can't wait man i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna celebrate with you when that happens mm -hmm. oh yeah it's gonna be a big party yeah big party well all right let's wrap it up man uh good talk uh we'll be back next week and hey until then control your capital or somebody else will hey thanks for listening everybody if you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify, and please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.